If you're looking for a way to be a helper during this time, truly one of the best ways to get involved at Mental Health Association Oklahoma is to make a donation. Anything will help us continue to serve our participants during this difficult time. So visit Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page and donate on the COVID-19 Relief Fund or go to mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page. I just want to say, don't lose your compassion for other people. Things are hard right now, and I think everyone is feeling some sort of anxiety. But don't lose your compassion for other people. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason, and on today's episode, we are really going to take a deep dive into Mental Health Association Oklahoma's continuing operations in Oklahoma City. We are a statewide organization. We have mirrored many of our programs, almost all of our programs in Oklahoma City since April of 2014. And the person who is leading those efforts in Oklahoma City on the ground is MJ Clausen. So MJ, welcome to the Mental Health Download. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. And just really quickly explain your role there in Oklahoma City, especially now during COVID. My prayer every day is that I can support our team here. And that's That's what I see as my major role. I'm the director of our Oklahoma City operations. So I get to support all of our programs and team members here in Oklahoma City. Most of the growth in our organization is here in the Oklahoma City area, as well as the rural areas across our state. And it's a very exciting thing to be a part of. We launched three new programs just last year. One of those programs is our street outreach and rapid response program. So we're, we're doing a lot of great work right now with our outreach services to members of our community who are going through this pandemic while living on the street and in encampments. Fantastic. And then also on this podcast is the amazing Sheila Farley. Sheila, welcome to the Mental Health Download. Thank you, Matt. I'm excited to be here. So MJ, I really want you to lead this conversation with Sheila. You both have been working on the front lines of helping the people we serve. So MJ, take it away. Okay, thanks, Matt. Well, Sheila Farley is our program coordinator over our street outreach and rapid response team. And I am continually in awe of you, Sheila, and the passion that you bring to everything that you do. Tell me about the passion that you have for working with individuals who are experiencing homelessness. I just see, you know, the struggle that people have once someone does start experiencing homelessness, how hard that struggle is to get out of homelessness. I just want to be there to be able to help people navigate through the different systems and programs that are available for them. I've done all that I can to learn about the resources that are available in Oklahoma City so that I can share those with people who are experiencing homelessness to try to to get out of that situation. And I've watched you build rapid rapport with individuals that you meet on the street, in the moment. Talk a little bit about what it's been like providing services during this pandemic. Yeah, during this pandemic, it's definitely been a little bit more difficult. A lot of folks don't quite understand what's going on. I mean, they, in a sense, I guess they kind of woke up one day and 
everything that they were used to was closed. The places where they typically get their meals were now closed. The places that they normally hang out in, whether it be a library or a day shelter, have changed the way they provide services now. And so there's not much for them. So being able to go out into the community and educate them on COVID-19 and let them know what resources are still available and what resources have changed, I've noticed is, is kind of made people a little more at ease with everything that was going on. Because when we first got out there after COVID-19 started, people were confused. They didn't know what to do, where to go, you know, where to get food, because everything they were used to had changed and or closed. Right. And I know that we're focused on precautions for ourselves, as well as, you know, that transmission goes both ways, right? And I think that we've talked a lot over the last three weeks about how vulnerable these folks are. And because folks who are living in encampments and in particular uh, on the streets in particular areas of our community, because they're fairly isolated, it actually at this point is more likely that the transmission that we would transmit the virus to them rather than the other way around. And I wait daily for this for this call. We we have not yet in our outreach activities come across someone who's experiencing symptoms or or sick. Is that right? Yes, correct. That was one of my biggest fears in the beginning. Was I felt we were more of a threat to them as far as you know transmitting COVID nineteen, just because you know we're the ones going into grocery stores or we were still going to restaurants and things like that. Whereas, you know, our, our neighbors who are unsheltered stay to their area and they're not really, you know, traveling or anything like that. So that was one of my biggest fears in the beginning, but I I feel we've put some very good precautions in place to keep our neighbors safe, to keep ourselves safe by wearing masks and gloves and things like that. It also kind of shows people experiencing homelessness, that this is serious and that there really is something going on that we need to be careful about. Yes. And I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Homeless Alliance. That's where our coordinated outreach efforts hub out of for our community here in Oklahoma City. And we've received donations over there, of food from the Community Food Bank, as well as lots of bottled water. So we are working with their outreach person Jennifer, and as well as other groups, the VA, Hope Community Services, Pivot, a turning point for youth, and we're all coordinating our outreach. We've divided up the city into geographical areas, and our team goes out daily. Not every team is able to go out daily, but we're able to really pitch in in that effort. So I'm so grateful that we were able to get this program launched, Sheila, with your help ahead of the pandemic, and and we've. I think reasonably well been able to adjust our, our make some modifications to our services and that sort of thing. Sheila, can you share a story about somebody that you have met during this time that you've provided services to and just, you know, a little bit about, you know, what you know about them and maybe just what kind of place that they're living in right now and, you know, how far away they are from actually getting into, you know, a safe, affordable, decent place to live. 
Yeah, there is one gentleman that I can recall right now. He lives, you know, in a field and he's quite a ways away from resources. And the last time I spoke with him, he talked about, you know, how scary all of this stuff is. And he's worried about, you know, getting this virus and he doesn't want to go into town just because he fears who he may be around that he may contract this, but that he's very, very hungry. And so, so with him, we kind of worked out a deal where I will come out to the edge of his camp. So I would not come into his camp and just drop food you know, so that he is able to stay in his camp during this time and prevent, you know, catching the virus. As far as housing, he is a veteran. Some things are kind of on hold, but we're hoping as, you know, we kind of see the light towards the end of this COVID-19 that he will be getting into housing within the next few weeks. I do want to interject here that Housing is healthcare, and it is my hope that this crisis will illuminate the interconnectedness of each of us to one of to one another. Our health is connected to each other, right? And my hope is that with people coming to the table who might not, some state officials, local officials who might not be aware of the problem of homelessness in our community. We work in it every day, so it's hard to imagine that someone's not aware. But hopefully with with everybody coming to the table to address this crisis that we're in, as Sheila mentioned, on the other side of this pandemic, that we would be able to really focus in on how important it is for people to have a safe and secure place to live. Exactly. Okay. So, Sheila, it is Tuesday, April 14th, and... It's about 9.30. So I want you to walk us through today. Literally, like once you get off this call, what are you going to do? What's the rest of your day look like? Who are you going to serve? What are the, what's the environment going to be like? So just kind of walk us through that. Okay. Well, it's snowing today, so it is pretty cold out there. But after it's this snowing? Call, yeah, it was snowing when I, right before I got on this call. Yeah. <laughs> after this call, you know, my plan is we, I'll, I will meet my team at the day shelter. That's, as MJ mentioned earlier, all of our donations and stuff are being housed at the day shelter. So we will go and we pick up brown sack lunches. And then my team and I drive around the city to certain areas that are our camps and we deliver lunch. We do this every single day to make sure that our neighbors who are unsheltered have something to eat And I would say on average, we deliver between 60 and 80 lunches every day. Also on, I'll just talk about what we do because we're not normally here on the weekends. So on Fridays, in addition to that sack lunch, we also deliver a grocery bag that has some non-perishable items in it that will help our neighbors get through the weekend so that they have food to eat. And we also deliver a hygiene kit on Fridays so that they have everything that they need throughout the week so they can continue to shelter in place. Once the lunches are done, I usually just take calls from our street outreach hotline, you know, working with individuals 
on different situations. If they need a housing assessment done, I'm able to do that over the phone. Then I work with our community partners on getting individuals on the by name list. So that's just kind of an everyday thing for us. Okay. So some more context for people. What is that? Uh, what is that number that people can call and you can help navigate them getting into housing? Oh, yes. That number is 405-252-0218. And how do people get that number? How has that been disseminated? We have outreach cards that we pass out. We give those to providers, to individuals, you know, that, that we see on the street that may, you know, want to reach out when they're ready. Any Anyone can call that community partners. I've actually, in the last week, I've kind of seen a little bit of a change in the calls that we receive. Most of the time, the calls we receive are from community members who maybe have seen somebody who they feel are experiencing homelessness and would like our team, you know, to, to reach out to this individual to find out how we can help. And what I've noticed now in the midst of COVID-19, our community partners are like the mental health centers that we have in Oklahoma City. Case managers aren't able to do that face-to-face with their clients. Everything is telehealth now, telephones, things like that. And some of the case managers have clients on their caseload who are experiencing homelessness. So whereas this client would typically come into their office and they could provide them with different things that they need, like hygiene kits or whatever the case may be, they're not able to do that now. So I've actually kind of seen a change in our calls where I'm getting calls from case managers who are worried about their clients who need supplies. So our team has been able to partner with them a little bit and get those supplies to their clients since they're not able to at this time. Wow. Well, thank you for everything you and your team and everybody in Oklahoma City are doing. I have some more questions as I always do. So how is how is everything funded right now? So you know, the lunches, the health kits. And so MJ, ex- explain how all that's working. Yes, I'm so grateful for our for the leadership in our organization. Everybody's working really hard to keep our team together and keep everybody working as we as we move through this. With the lunches and the bottled water at Homeless Alliance that was donated through the Community Food Bank here. Our organization is applying for various opportunities for additional funding. My hope is that we'll be able to contribute to this community-wide effort as the food supplies dwindle. But things that we're looking for additional funding for is, is food across the board, because as the food pantries dwindle, we're going to need to be purchasing food for people who are living in our housing. So throughout our housing programs, we provide supportive housing services for a lot of folks here across Oklahoma City. So food for our outreach, for our current clients, and then also technology, because as Sheila mentioned, a lot of things are going virtual. Mental Health Association Oklahoma support groups have gone virtual, which is amazing. We have a lot of clients, however, who do not have the technology. They don't have the equipment in order to to join these appointments and support groups and 
virtual things that are going on. So that's one thing that we're looking at and working on as a way that we could get technology, tablets, smartphones into the into the hands of, of the individuals that we serve. To answer your question more directly, we're holding steady right now. We are also working furiously behind the scenes in terms of applications and various asks out to our community partners for additional funding that we know we're going to need as this continues to wear on and as we move into the new normal. Yeah. And so I'm going to take this opportunity to tell people about the Mental Health Association Oklahoma COVID-19 Relief Fund. Right now, you can go on our Facebook page, just search for Mental Health Association Oklahoma, go on that Facebook page and you know, give what you can. There's a donate button. Just give what you can because your gift will make a difference. Every dollar matters. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. We need all the help that we can get right now so we can help our citizens who are the most vulnerable. So thank you in advance for giving. You can also donate at Mental Health Association Oklahoma's website, which is mhaok.org and then forward slash donate. Go there. Donate, please. Okay. So the next part is what is going on with all of our other programs, especially our peer-run drop-in center, Lottie House? Yes. So Lottie House is our peer-run drop-in center, and it is unfortunately temporarily closed right now as we figure out a new way to move forward and you know, deliver services there. One of the things that we're looking at there is the possibility of making that a resources hub for folks and a technology hub as well as a way for individuals to come in and get connected to the services that they need, telehealth services, if they need legal help, getting them connected virtually to our friends at Legal Aid, having our outreach team there as well to go through the various housing options and shelter needs that they might have, food distribution. So looking at a way that we can reopen. Now, Lottie House, you know, as you know, Matt, in the past, pre-pandemic, was just a great place where people could come in and hang out and join in groups and do their laundry and have, you know, have a snack and just be socially together with other people. So it's going to look a little bit different with things like social distancing and the physical distancing that we need to be doing right now. So thinking through all of the ins and outs of that and how to create some technology stations that would be uh, six feet apart and Lots of communication would need to happen with our regulars over there to explain how this is going to be a little bit different, at least for right now, in the way that we would reopen. So right now, it's remaining closed. The the services that have previously hubbed out of there are continuing to run insofar as checking on our, our clients by phone and where we can, and even doing home visits while employing those precautions of physical distancing, et cetera. And that's what we're doing across our housing programs as well. We're checking in with all of our clients regularly by phone. You know, this whole thing has been really challenging because what do we tell our clients all the time? Don't isolate, don't isolate. 
And now we're saying isolate. So figuring out, I love that we're calling it physical distancing now instead of social distancing, because it turns out we can still be very social with one another. And while staying physically apart, we're, we're alone together, as they're saying. And so that's what we're doing with our clients. We're, we're checking in with them. And I'm constantly reminding the team of the impact that we can have with a phone call. And we're also physically going out to deliver things like food, medication, those necessities, being mindful of that transmission both ways and explaining that to our clients and and employing all of those techniques as we continue to provide services. We're continuing to move people in across our housing continuum, especially in, I should mention, intensive outreach and navigation. Intensive outreach and navigation is a program where we take referrals specifically and only from our two crisis centers here, as well as Griffin Memorial Hospital in Norman. And we are open for business there 100%. And we have moved in new individuals into that program every week for the last three weeks. And this is a program where we get to accompany the individual directly upon their discharge from the crisis center or Griffin Memorial Hospital and take them to their apartment, their furnished apartment. And we wrap them in services and get them on the path to to sustainability. So that's a great program. It's through partnership that we have and are so grateful for with the Department of Mental Health. And we have vacancies in that program. And so we are working hard to, we know that there's a need for individuals who are experiencing homelessness, who are frequently utilizing the services of our crisis centers and of Griffin Memorial Hospital. And we are here to make a positive impact on on the lives of those individuals. Okay, so I think that's a good way to sort of wrap things up. Oh, wait, Matt, before we end this, I'd like to give a huge shout out to our street outreach team, Stephanie Newman and Bianca Thompson. They are amazing. They are so passionate about the work that we do and we couldn't do it without them. So, Sheila, in a few minutes, you're actually going to go and and begin proceedings to take lunches to people experiencing homelessness. So we're going to get you out of here. (laughs) But before we do that, I want you to share, you know, just a bit of wisdom with our audience and, you know, and then close us out with our rallying cry, which is go do good things. So, Sheila, take it away. Yeah, I just want to say don't lose your compassion for other people. Things are hard right now, and I think everyone is feeling some sort of anxiety, but don't lose your compassion for other people. And then, of course, go do good things. COVID-19 has impacted the people Mental Health Association Oklahoma serves every day. People impacted by mental illness, homelessness, substance use, and justice involvement. And we continue to serve the most vulnerable in our communities, but that's coming with many unexpected expenses. We have established a COVID-19 relief fund to assist us in the emergency services we are providing. Help us serve our participants in need of rental assistance, mental health care, food and shelter, and other basic necessities. Go to Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page to contribute or visit our website at mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page.